that's not a bad morning. You get the soggy bottom boys, you get James Taylor, and then you get a drama, and it's not too bad. Now you're stuck with me. Oh, stop. Let's pray for the Yankees, that's all. Notice there are like three people. (laughs) The Finish Line series began six weeks ago. We took on the real meaning of life is not a journey question or an arrival question. It's a relationship question. So who are you taking with you on the ride we call life? Our first question was, who's radically honest with you? We looked at the story of of a Nathan. A Nathan will get under your skin. What makes a Nathan unique in your life is that they are best understood as welcome intruders. A Nathan isn't someone who rushes to tell you the truth, but someone who helps you to do the truth. This is a person who believes in you and wants the best for you, even when he or she shows up at the door with a sword. We all need a Nathan. In week two, we asked the question, who guards your heart? Where can you show up at the door and know everything is going to be okay? Who can look you in the eye with compassion and still expect you to be your best you? Who would be your voice when you have no voice? Who protects your name and guards your heart? That's your Jonathan. Jonathan believes in you when no one else does A Jonathan is loyal, even when you make it hard to be loyal. A Jonathan keeps you in check when you want what you can't have. A Jonathan grants you grace, amazing grace, when you take him or her for granted. The third week we asked, who saves your sanity? And we read the story of Jethro and Moses. I talked to you about 12 reasons we lose our sanity. Here's just a few We try to do too much. Our expectations are off the charts. We don't have boundaries in relationships. We don't ask the God's will questions. We trust the wrong people. We allow distractions to engage our minds. We we are overwhelmed by the tyranny of the urgent. Week four was about wisdom. Who's your Yoda? Who brings wisdom into your life? And we talked about the difference between a solution and a solution. Leonard Sweet talked about solutions in his book, 11. Solutions are more about you changing than someone else changing. Solutions are about nuances of relationships that come into focus only when you look beyond the surface of things. Solutions are about what God is shaping you for in the future. And solutions help you discover the real value of something rather than the appraised or culturally defined value of things. And then last week, we looked at the story in the book of Acts about Rhoda with Peter knocking on the door. And the question was, who's your sleeper? A sleeper is someone you'd never expect to help you, who helps you in some significant way at just the right time. 
A sleeper is someone who realizes what you need to realize before you realize it. In some spiritual way, God has revealed to their heart what they must do with you and for you. A sleeper acts out God's grace. Again, God's amazing grace and strategy. Then I said, expect a sleeper. Expect a sleeper to show up in your life. Look for him. Look for her. Listen to your sleeper. When they show up, listen, because they're bringing you something that's important for you to know. Most important of all, be a sleeper. Be a sleeper to someone. Ask God to help you see somebody's needs, see somebody's hope, and then you step into the gap unexpectedly, and you're the sleeper that they were looking for and hoping for. Today I have a a simple goal I want you to hear God speak to you. Here's what Leonard Sweet writes as he wraps up the book, 11. Sometimes Jethro's fail. Sometimes Yoda's are no-shows. Sometimes Jonathan's turn into Judas's. Sometimes Deborah's fall asleep. Sometimes your VIPs turn out to be D-U-D's, duds. Sometimes Jerusalem gets paved and they put in a parking lot. In St. Paul's words, who is sufficient for these things? Who Who can handle this? Who can live this life? That's when we have another promise. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God works the late shift. God always has your back and every other part of your being as well. And so today, I have a simple goal. I want you to hear God speak to you. He may speak to you in a whisper you're barely able to hear. He may nudge you. And it's not even a voice, but it's, a, it's something that, that kind of moves in your heart and in your mind, and you know And it's him. He may say something through someone you're with today, and you will know it unmistakably as his voice coming through them. And you might not like that, because that person might be a Nathan, but you'll know that it's not them speaking, it's it's God speaking to you. He may speak it to you as I read scripture, or through some part of this message. However it happens, however you hear him, my goal is a simple one for you to know what to do next in your life. May the Spirit bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you will live deep in your heart. Let me teach you today what the Holy Spirit does. Isaiah chapter 30. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you would have none of it. You said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. 
O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. And so Isaiah sets this up. He sets up a scene. And it's a very interesting scene. He's talking about how, how as you rest in faith, as you rest in God's holy hands, as you give your life to him, he will know you and you will know him. And you will find strength in that. And you will find all good things in that. In quietness and in trust is your strength. But he says, but people, we're just, we're just always trying to figure it out on our own. In this language from the Old Testament, it says, no, you say that I'm going I'm to escape on a horse. I'm going to get a horse and I'm going to escape. I'm gonna, this, we're going to do this my way, God. And as a matter of fact, you even take it one step further. You go, I'm going to get the fastest horse that I can get, the fastest horse money can buy. And I am out of here because I'm in charge of my life. I'm taking control of my life. I got the reins of my life. And, and Isaiah is trying to say, don't you know that that always fails? Don't you know that that doesn't work? The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. Then there's this, there's this verse, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Go this way. Don't go that way. Go this way. Go my way. Don't, don't buy the fastest horse. Don't hold on to the reins. Don't try to do life on your own terms or figure it out with your plans. The Bible over and over again says the only way to do this, the only way to live the Christian life is to embrace him and to listen to the Spirit as the Spirit directs you. It's the life of the Spirit at work in you that makes your life that makes your life work, that puts your life together. The Holy Spirit reminds us that God is always with us and that we can rely on his guidance in every season of our lives, in every moment of our lives, in every decision of our lives. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Everything that I've ever done in my life as a Christian has been ordered by that statement right there. God's direction, God's guidance, God's direction in buying a home, God's direction in, in selling a home, God's direction in taking a job, God's direction in not taking a job, God's direction in developing a friendship, God's direction in in cutting something off that wasn't going to be good for me in a relationship. You know, every single aspect of our lives, going to this school instead of that school. Uh, I remember trying to figure out why God wouldn't allow me to get into this one seminary where I thought, this is a locked down deal. This is going to be where I'm going to go and I'm going to study and I'm going to learn everything I need to go. And, and when the decision came back, no, it was the first time, I think, in my life that I, I didn't get into a school that I wanted to get into. And I thought, what is this all about? And I remember looking at a theological journal, and, and there was a one-page ad 
for a program that was going to be all about marriage and family, and it just sort of jumped out at me. And I said, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. And so I applied and, and got in, and it was an incredible experience. And I could see in that moment that God was saying, no, don't go this way. Don't do this. You need to do this. This is how I will show you your future. This is how I will work in your life. This is how I will help you to understand things that you don't understand. The entirety of the Christian life is, is grounded in this kind of an experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reminds us that God is always with us and that we can rely on his guidance in every season of our lives, every decision submitted to him, every move, every opportunity first submitted to him because in repentance and rest is your salvation and quietness and trust is your strength. Don't buy a fast horse. It doesn't work. Don't hold on to the reins. It just flat out doesn't work. Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And I can't go by that word repent without reminding you again that in the Greek language, there were two words. One word was mind. The other word was change. And, and someone took those words and put them together. And it meant, are you, are you ready to change your mind? And it, it, it gets translated repent. But it's really much better. Are you ready to change your mind? Are you ready to think in a different way? Are you ready to, are you ready to see what God is, is trying to show you in this time? His kingdom is near. What he's doing is right around the corner. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose all-terrain sandals I am not fit to carry. It doesn't say all-terrain, but I, I kind of think about it that way because they needed really good sandals, tough sandals to go on all those big walks that they were going on. It's Jesus. He's coming into town. And he's brought to you by Keens. Keens allow him to walk through the earthly places and also in the heavenly so if you want a heavenly experience for your toes, like the Messiah, just buy a pair of Keens and enjoy knowing him a little bit better. Walk the way he walked in Keens. Doesn't say that, but it's just how I imagine it sometimes. Whose sandals I am not fit to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And you read that, and you go, boy, that sounds like the Bible sounds, but I have no idea what it means. So let me just translate that for you simply. He's going to get the job done. He's going to do what he has to do. He's going to grab you and show you your life, and he's going to take you to a place where through the power of his spirit in you, you can accomplish much for what his plan is for the whole world. You're, you're a part of this grand adventure of God, and Jesus is in charge of it all. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now you can imagine John's expression when Jesus shows up to be baptized. He's going, I don't understand this and I'm, I'm not going to do it. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? He didn't understand. Jesus replied, let it be so now. 
It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. And that's been debated for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's been looked at over and over again. But the way I look at it, I try to look at it very simply. If Jesus said, this is the right thing to do now, then I say, just do it. And John the Baptist felt the same way. Then John consented. If you're saying to do it, I will do this with you. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And notice that it's not saying the spirit is a dove, but, but descending like a dove. It's the only way they could, they could describe what they were seeing. And so often we have that picture of the spirit as a dove. And I saw that when I was in, in Rome in many, many forms, in many, many places, especially in the in the Vatican, but it says descending like a dove. They, they could hardly understand it. It was light and it was white and it was coming down. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit anoints gifts. You get a gift from God that you're supposed to to use in the world. The Holy Spirit anoints and gifts and empowers us to do the work of God in the world. So Jesus is about to do the great work of redemption in the world. And, and God signifies that by the Holy Spirit. So what is the work of God in the world? If the Holy Spirit anoints, gifts, and empowers us to do the work, what is the work of God in the world? Let me take you to two brief passages of Scripture. Micah 6, verse 8. He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's the work of God, to do things that are that are right, to straighten things out that aren't right, and to make sure that, that we start doing things right. To look at, at places where, where people are marginalized and where there is great injustice and where, where horrible things are brought upon men and women and children, and to say, this should not be, and to love mercy, to love mercy, to love giving somebody another chance and to love forgiveness and to, to love the opportunity to say, it's, it's okay, it's going to be okay. And to walk humbly with your God, the foundation of all things, to know that, that to be a servant of God is, is the highest calling there is and to humbly embrace that and to let that, that be the theme of every day of your life. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. In other words, I'm in charge of everything. Therefore go, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. There's no mention of the word Trinity in the Bible whatsoever. 
But this is where we get our understanding of the Trinity. God as three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, three expressions of God, because this is what God spoke when he was here, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Our work is to go and to help people understand that 2,000 years ago, something incredible happened. God showed up. Our, our job is to help people see that and, and to answer questions that people have about that and to walk with people as they try to process that into their lives. And then when they understand it and when they accept it, to move with them into a time of teaching and mentoring them so that they know more and more about the Bible, so that, that they know more and more about what God is, is calling them to and requiring of them. Walk with them as they memorize scripture and put scripture in their hearts so they can recall at times in their life when they need to know what the truth is. That's, that's, a big part of the work. And that's why the church is not just a gathering place. It's a place that goes out of these doors. And every relationship that you have is part of this work. To do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with your God. To go and, and share the greatest news in the world with as many people as we can. And walk with them through a process to where they... They finally cross over the line of faith and begin to bring faith and life together every day. Today, I have a simple goal. I want you to hear God speak to you. He may speak to you in a whisper you're barely able to hear. He may nudge you. He may say something to you through somebody that you're, you're with today. He may speak it to you as I read scripture. However it happens, however you hear him. My goal is a simple one for you to know what to do next with your life. There's a, a poem that uh, Leonard Sweet concludes his book with. May the spirit bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half truths and superficial relationships so that you will live deep in your heart. May the spirit bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer so that you will reach out your hand to comfort them. And may the Spirit bless you with the foolishness to think you can make a difference in the world so you will do the things which others say cannot be done. The entire adventure of life is delineated by the Holy Spirit. Finally, the Holy Spirit teaches us specifically what to do so we can be effective in all things in every way and brings the word of God into our minds so we can think his thoughts. Three passages, four verses, John 14, 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You do not have to be a theologian or even a student of the Bible to understand what that says. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Come together, teach each other, encourage each other, worship together. It's all part of what 
the Holy Spirit does in you. 2 Timothy 1, 13 through 15. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Where's the Holy Spirit? Right inside of you if you've accepted Christ into your hearts. The Holy Spirit teaches us specifically what to do so we can be effective in all things and in every way and brings the word of God into our minds so we can think his thoughts. Bill Hybels wrote in his book, The Power of a Whisper. If we were to boil down Christianity to its core, we'd be left with simply this, relationship with God. The living, loving God of the universe has spoken throughout history and still speaks today, not just to pastors or priests, but to anyone who will listen. God will speak to you. No matter what spiritual condition you find yourself in, if you train your ear to be open to heaven, God will speak. A grand adventure with your name on it is on his lips. Dallas Willard put it this way. Hearing God as a reliable day-to-day reality for people with good sense is for those who are devoted to the glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom. It is for the disciple of Jesus Christ who has no higher preference than to be like him. In other words, if your heart beats fast to know him and you want to fulfill his call upon your life so that your life is done on earth like it is in heaven, then you will hear him because it's a relationship. C.S. Lewis put it this way. If you're looking for something super personal, then it is not a question of choosing between the Christian idea and the other ideas. The Christian idea is the only one on the market. God living inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And so I ask you today to give the whisper-led life a try. He always whispers in one of three ways. Assurance, you're going the right way, keep going, this is good, this is good for you. Admonition, you need to stop doing that. Action, let's go do this. The Holy Spirit spoke into the heart of this man, Jeff, and Bobby, a young man, couldn't understand what he was doing, and yet, Jeff knew in his heart he had to do this. He was called to action, and he was willing to let God figure out the rest. And Bobby was just sort of left in the, in the dust at that point because he hadn't gotten there yet in his understanding of his faith. What will your life become when you say, God, I'm listening? What might happen in your life right now if you were to just stop for just a quiet moment and say, God, I'm listening. You see, I I came with a very simple goal today, that you would hear God speak to you. And so I'm gonna give you a chance right now for you to put that into practice, for you to lay that out there. God, I'm listening, I'm listening. I wanna do what you ask me to do. I I wanna get baptized if you want me to get baptized. I wanna help this church to grow if that's what you want me to do. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. 
Uh, I want to hear you all the time, every day. The desire of my heart is to let the Spirit have its way in my life. If you're willing to do that, you'll experience your faith at a whole new level. You'll experience faith at the speed of the Holy Spirit. That's a lot better than a fast horse and holding on to the reins of your own life. So right now, we just bow your head with me in prayer. And I'm gonna pray that, that you will listen. Ask God, God, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to get baptized? Do you want me to stand up with those getting baptized and say, my life's gonna be different from here on out. I'm gonna draw this line and I'm gonna announce that I am following Christ. I'm gonna not just talk about a Christian or walk around the periphery of being a Christian. I am going to really live this out. God, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? And in just a few moments, you'll have some time to, to hear from God. But if you're saying, I wanna get baptized because God's telling me to go and do this, to make this decision, then please come forward, pick up a towel, stay up front for a closing prayer, and we'll all do this together. So right now, just listen, because I came with a simple goal today, that you would hear God speak to you.
after the service and grab a towel if God is still speaking to you. And here's the great news. This is not about today, God speaking to you at this time on a Sunday morning. This is about God speaking to you all the time because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So listen to him. Listen to the whispers. Listen to the nudgings. Let's not only do this individually, but let's do this together that we can all become the church that he's called us to be. Will you please stand for a benediction? Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for these men and these women here today that you will nudge them and whisper to them and speak to them through uh, friends and, and trusted Mentors, I pray that they will always know that the Holy Spirit whispers to their very soul. I pray that you would build them up in the faith, that you would help them to bring faith and life together every day. I pray that you would allow them to do your work in the world today. Father, I pray for these young men and these young women who are beginning a journey of faith that will span decades. I pray that you would keep their minds and their hearts clear, keep their vision high and lifted up. Allow them to fulfill the dreams and the hopes and the joys that you are going to bring to them. Allow them the grace and the strength to walk through some of the hard times that are out there in life. Father, thank you for living in us and through us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We give our lives to you again today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen.